Welcome uh, to the inaugural episode of uh, Midwest Bosses. I'm Jeff Johnson, and uh, we're going to go ahead and get this thing started. We're, uh, we're blessed to have uh, Mr. Alan Cartwright uh, for our, our first episode, and uh, he's, he's a serial entrepreneur, like I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys are, I'm, me as well. And um, I've always believed it's all right to be a copycat, mm. as long as you copy the right cats. I had a mentor t- told me that a long time ago, and and um, I've, I've I've taken that concept ever ever since and just ran with it and and tried to get around the right cats. And uh, we've got That's a gentleman right, yeah. right here, Mr. Allen. And uh, I mean, just just talking the last five minutes, I mean, my brain is just. <laughs> you guys are about to see. You're, you're about to see, and he's on a he's on a whole another wavelength. Thank you for having me here today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure, definitely. Absolutely. So we're gonna go ahead and get, um, get get right into it, and um, you know, just kind of share with us, you know, where you're from, background, and um, and we're gonna get into more specifically what you do, because a lot of folks out here, we're in this 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 economy, you know, we officially went into a recession, I believe, yeah. and so folks are looking to to you know to to boss up, get financially free and stable, but we want to hear, you know, just yeah. just share with just your background. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm originally from Louisville. Um, you know, I grew up in the west west end part of Louisville, uh, kind of like uh, what you would consider, I guess, a uh, Park Duval area, uh, Hazel and Southern. I grew up um, in Louisville, West End. Twenty years of my life, I lived in the West End, and I, um, as an adult, I ended up moving out of the area. Um, and moved to a few different places throughout Louisville and stuff of that nature. But right at that age, I was I was already embarking into my entrepreneurial journey. I mean, I was doing quite a bit of stuff. My first business actually was when I was 12 years old. So um, it was it was kind of inspired and instilled in me. I guess my mom kind of caught wind that I had some kind of natural abilities. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if she looked at it as she looked at it as entrepreneurial abilities, but um, we never had entrepreneurs in our family right. per se. So, um, but she seen I had a some kind of ability of creativity mm-hmm. as well as uh, being able to, I guess, network as a young person. So, um, basically, my first business ended up being a, a wholesale bookmark business. So I would make these bookmarks. Uh, you know, kind of with the help of her inspiration and my inspiration, uh, was making uh, African kente cloth bookmarks. This is when you know, really the the uh, the Malcolm Af- X. yeah, that cross was, colors, <laughs> yeah, the cross all, color all days that, yeah. and stuff of that nature. So I was doing these bookmarks, and I end up selling them wholesale to different small bookstores, even like uh, at the at that time, it was like St. Stephen's. Um, church. They had a bookstore within the the church, and they were one of my clients back wow. years ago. And I mean, I'm I'm actually 42 now, so this is when I was 12. So this was quite a while ago, and so that was my first business. And with that business, um, it was really cool to mm-hmm. manufacture a product, uh, sell that product, and stuff, and selling it wholesale was kind of interesting too as a first business to say <laughs> I'm selling them to someone else that then would turn around and sell them right. at a at a retail price. So that was a unique. So you business. were positioning people to to eat to make some money. Yeah, selling them wholesale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that. When did you making money? You were positioning people exactly at, a, at, at twelve. At twelve, yeah. Because most twelve year olds they barely think, oh, I got to make some money. 
But they they rarely think of okay, let me make some money, but also position other people to win as well. Exactly. That's that's a, that's next level. That's you know black belt type stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that was my first business, and then uh, later on, I, I had ended up doing some businesses while I was in high school. Um, and though, like for instance, I ended up doing a. Um, people heard of like the multi-level marketing companies mm-hmm. and stuff. I mm-hmm. had some family that was in like a multi-level marketing company. Which one? Uh, it was called ACN at That's the time. That's a good company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we would travel with them. I wasn't even of age to be in the company, but I was trying to do different stuff. But a lot of people bad me after those type of companies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you learn a lot, you learn from, a whole from, lot. from sales. It's and, like a business school, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a straight business school. So I learned a lot participating in the multi-level marketing. And I had my family that was in Atlanta they was actually doing very well really in that company they was making like $20,000 a month and stuff like that what what year was this this was like um around 96 97 okay so some so i, I was in the, the home based business industry as well yeah. I actually still am some some my first mentors came from that company yeah um oh wow they didn't make the millions they made with that company but they learned, learned a lot. everything yeah. they needed um to to uh, I guess when they went to another company later on down the line, they just applied everything they learned. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a big learning thing for me at, at a, as a 16, 17 years old. And you know, me personally, I always had the ambition to want to be wealthy because I I grew up, you know, in a in a more of a poverty type area. Right. I mean, if people know the city of Louisville, if you know like Cotter Homes and Southwick, mm-hmm. like Irvin's was my corner store. So yeah. Irvin's is where we walk to to get, you know, our, our corner our snacks and our mm-hmm. wings and stuff like that. So, you know, from from where I grew up, every, you know, I wanted to be, you know, a certain type of way. And then, you know, it was inspiration from the standpoint of people, you know, in our area, you know, driving nice cars on rims and stuff like right. that, you know. So it was it was it was ways to to make a lot of money but not really the ways that, you know, I took the path of, mm-hmm. you know, so the, that, that path of the street path, that was a, that was an option for me. Right. That was something that I, that I kind of contemplated on and stuff of that nature. But, you know, it just made more sense to, to me that, you know, I, I keep the stress level low and just do something more traditional, you right. know? So, um, so basically, you know, we, uh, throughout high school and stuff, like I said, I was the multi-level marketing situation. But I actually spun off an idea from that. ACN used to have a, a eagle as their logo, mm-hmm. right? And my mom, see, my mom was my big pusher and advocate. Okay, she happened this pen that was being set, sold at the conferences was an eagle pen. She actually went to Walmart one day and seen the exact eagle pen <laughs> that they were selling at the conferences for five. Uh, five dollars it was like a guy selling them right right, right. she sent them for 50 cents she's she and she bought the whole rack uh-huh. and she was like i bought bought all these equipment you think you could sell it at the conferences because mm-hmm. we would go to the conferences in different cities so i was like yeah i could sell them so she bought and i remember it was like 37 of them mm-hmm. uh and she bought the because it was the whole rack we went to the conference and like within uh me stepping out in the hallway i had a whole plan how with would sell it at the conference in the in um in the hallway. I sold them all in ten minutes. Wow! Right. So, uh, and but I had to be more discreet about it because the guy who sold it, I think he was authorized a to sell it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had to sell it discreetly. So anyway, 
that spun to a lapel pin business that I end up finding the company who sold to Walmart and we started ordering direct. Gotcha. Then that company we had make a custom pin for us. So we had we paid for like a custom mode and made a pin. Cause ACN used to say, if the phone's off the hook, you making money. Mm-hmm. So we made this pin that the receiver was off the hook and it had a little chain, so it was like a two class wow. lapel pin. So you're taking their training and then monetizing. Yeah, yeah. Well, just the, just the what was instilled in me in general, right. right? So their training wouldn't come into effect till a little later. ACN. This was just my natural ability to hustle. So you, when you heard them say it, was it? I guess was that you listening to their conference calls, <laughs> sitting in the trainings with your mom? Is that what you were doing, or? No, 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 no. no. I, every time you go to the conference, you see all this stuff going on. So you, as a as a high schooler, was at the conference. You were going to the conference. Yes. I, I'm willing to bet there weren't too many other. High no, school no, kids no, no. at the conferences with yeah, their parents. So right? I, Cause yeah. I take I take my son with me to, you know, conferences and trainings and yeah. so <clears throat> you were really getting you really had the cheat code yeah. because of your mother. Yeah, she, was my, really, she was she pushing was willing me. to get in the right yeah, environment. She was trying to get me out of the the wrong the, environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. she put you in the right environment. Not even the not going from the wrong to the right. Yeah. You were in you were in an environment that Ninety five percent of of the the country is not willing to invest in themselves to get into. Yeah, and the way I mean, you're around people that trying to make yeah, money. Yeah, I heard Les Brown speak. But you Zig got Les Ziga, Brown, Zig Ziglar, uh, Anthony Robinson, Tony Robinson. What I had, I heard all of those people as speak. a teenager. As a teenager, yeah. Like, yeah. I, 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 I hope people get that right. Yeah, yeah. Again, so we, all these people that yeah that you see, I heard them speak as a teenager. Wow. And uh, so so basically, yeah. So I spun. So, but I was just using my normal hustle with the lapel pin business okay. and my support of my mom. So we did that. I mean, I it got to a point where I was taking my, you know, like my homies from the hood where I grew up at, with me, and we because we had so many pins selling and, the pins. Yeah, and I needed you know a team. I needed so you already, you were, so, you were I, so at that point, yeah, I'm selling. And then it get, even got to a point where I would go by myself. Uh huh. Like, I would go by myself, like, 17 years old. I would go, I went out to Anaheim, California for a convention. Okay. But, so, my mom was like, it was other people going, say, hey, look out for my son. But mm. it was really just me right. by myself. So, I was going out there, coming back with five, six, seven thousand $7,000. Wow. You know what As I'm a saying? teenager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, 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 at the conferences, you're learning, but you're also earning. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. At that point, it's just like you know, the conferences was just motivation and mm-hmm. education. Mm-hmm. You know, I was I was heavy in the lapel pin business right. for real. I mean, I was still trying to, you know, push ACN. But me as a seventeen year old going up to people, even though I was I actually did pretty good, but yeah. it was I was under my mom's name because you got to be eighteen. Okay, to actually so you were it. actually. Building that business, yeah, yeah, under your mom, yeah, you know, on the slick, right? Yeah, and I, I was signing people up. Signing people up. <laughs> I was signing people up. I ain't gonna lie. Wow. So yeah. So anyway, that that's fun. That, but about time get get out of high school, and I'm telling this kind of foundational story because yeah. it just kind of is very important to like me, right? So, but coming out of um, after I was ready to come out of high school, and you, you got to understand. When I first started high school, I never thought about business. Right. I thought I was gonna be this pro athlete. You okay. know, I used to play football, and um, matter of fact, when I went to I went to Butler High School, and when I was like um, only one of two freshmen who played varsity 
uh, as a freshman. So I yeah, so I was good. And then it was like what position? I play uh, uh, cornerback, safety, running back. Okay. So, so basically, but what I ended up noticing when I became a sophomore, you know, because I, I had planned in my head, like, I'm going pro and stuff like that. And I'm more of a realistic thinker, even right. though saying you're going to pro, you know, it's a scenario to where you just got to have a plan. So by the time my sophomore year, everybody was sh- sprouting up and shooting up, mm-hmm. and I wasn't getting no taller. So I was like, wait a minute, this is not looking good, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So, so at that point in time, I basically – started doing some research of like, hey, what's the shortest person in the NFL? Mm-hmm. You know, all these different things. Because, you know, people say, oh, you can do anything you put your mind to. That is true, right? right? But you got to also be somewhat realistic, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing my research, and I was like, if I'm going to defy the odds, I want to know what they are, you know? So and based off doing my research, I didn't like what I came up with, you right, know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, let me pivot, switch. I, I didn't know the word pivot back then. That's a new word mm-hmm. in the Everybody. as an adult no <laughs> in, the, in, in business, but that just means switch gears of, of your plan, right. you know. And so at that um, at that point, I was like, all right, I'm gonna concentrate on business. So that was my sophomore year. So I'm just fast forward, and you know, when I was 16 and stuff, you see have get into the business a lot more. I can't so, play ball. You know, the yeah. that are happening. Or, yeah, uh, so how am I going to become... Let me play business. Yeah, yeah, well, let me play business. So anyway, getting out of high school, at that point in time, I was like, what am I going to do? I, You know, I was like, you know, I, I kind of got tired of selling stuff, like selling little products right. and like that. So that was cool. I just I just wanted to do something more in, important to me. Right. So I was like, man, what am I good at? So I, I was always good at drawing and art and stuff. And I was like, um, you know, where is this world going right now? Computers is where the world's going. So this is, I graduated in 99. And so it was like, okay, where's the world going to right now? It's computers, everything's computer. And I was like, I'm good at gra- uh, art. And at that time I was like, okay, how do you mix art with computers? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's graphic arts, right, right? Right. But at the time, I didn't even know the name of it. I don't even know what you call it. So I ended up going tour this school. I heard it on the radio, the school, like a technical school. So I was like, I'm going to go check them out. And I went to check them out. And uh, the school at the time was a Louisville Technical Institute. And then um, I was like, do y'all got some kind of program where you could do art on the computer and stuff? Mm-hmm. And they was like, oh, yeah, we got that graphic arts or whatever. So they showed me. And then I was like, this is it. You were out to the race. And that, you know how people say in business, timing is everything? Right. It, this was so true. Yeah. Because when I went at that year, what was happening in the, you know, urban music industry was no limit in cash oh, money. The album covers. The album covers. Every week. They was crazy. Every week. Right? So, so <laughs> at the time in the city of Louisville, there were no high-level graphics at all. Right. I, when I say no, shout-out to the only person I knew, because we, in in um, I'm going to shout-out a couple people that uh, basically when I was in high school, in, in the hood, we had a show uh, on public access, a TV show mm-hmm. called Explicit Game, mm-hmm. and it was head up by Snoop, you know, John Mitchell, you know what I'm saying? He he was the mastermind behind that show, mm-hmm. Explicit Game, and Explicit Game was the shit. Mm-hmm. Was, I don't know about Gus, yeah. but it was. <laughs> I mean, it was cracking. Right. I mean, it featured like local rappers and stuff like that. Then we would have like 
it was it was a problem. And trust me, it was on public asset, and you could do anything basically, except you know. So so it was wild, right? We would it was like skits. It was it was before. I mean, yeah, it was it was like he was innovative with his because no one we didn't we weren't privy to social media and the internet and right, all of that right. stuff. So he was a super innovator with the skits. We would do these skits like home invasion skits or funny <laughs> skits. We would do all kinds of crazy stuff and feature local rappers. And then you have a, you know what I'm saying? You know, a, a, a segment where you have a girl on there. You know how Jet Magazine would have the beauty of the week. We just had the stripper of the week, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> on the show, right? Yeah. You know, so, so you know, it was pretty wild, you know, but um, so with that, with that said, you know, we was, I knew the music scene mm -hmm. very heavily. So um, when I started doing, you know, graphics at Louisville Tech, I was like, man, I got to fast track this. Mm -hmm. So I started, I mean, when I said studying, 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 you know, uh, teaching myself how to use the programs, right. I'm, I'm going over time. I ain't have a computer. Mm -hmm. My girl at the time, she had a computer. She had got the, the, the gate. She went to U of L and she had to got the gateway, gateway. did the gateway computer. Yeah. And we was working the mess out of that gateway computer. And, you know, so I used that computer. And then, um, you know, I had, like I said, I, I knew a lot of people. And basically when, um, when I, I kind of got wind of what I was doing, you know, I had to move fast, mm -hmm. but, uh, the only person I knew in the city that did any kind of graphics was a, a guy by the name of shout out to DJ Def. Uh, he's in Atlanta, but he do these covers and it was very generic. No offense to my mans, but it was very generic mm -hmm. because it's all you could do. I mean, it was really bad, but, uh, the long story short is it was a company in Texas that was doing all Master P and No Limits, uh, No Limit and Cash Money called Pen and Pixel. Mm -hmm. I just copied everything they was doing. I, I studied them and I started doing myself. I even had my price list to say, you know, Pen and Pixel's prices, because people would go from Louisville to Texas to get Pen and Pixel, like you know, people who had that bread. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it was twenty because Pen and Pixel charged like started off package was like twenty five dollars, twenty five hundred dollars a mm -hmm. cover up to $3,500 a cover, you know? And so I was 600 all day. Wow. You know, and then and then so I started just networking, going around, and I knew the people, and I, I sold it up. I mean, I, when I say I sold it up, man, like, listen, I used to get harassed, you know, by the police because I was always riding on rims and stuff <laughs> like that. They thought I was slanging tough, but I was slanging graphics real uh, tough, you know? And so... um so basically, you know, that just that just started popping off, and you know, I was doing the, uh, I mean, I was doing everybody stuff, I, and then I started doing the party promoter flyer. Any of your gloss flyers that y'all ever seen in the city? Was I was the first one to bring that to the city. Man. Nobody, I was the first one to bring the gloss flyers to the city. Yeah, I used to work with uh, uh, a, a flyer printing company out of Miami Club Flyers. Did that. So anyway, that was my start. That was the that graphics. was yeah, the graphics, man. I I, I mean. It, it kind of got me into everything. And then, then that trickled down to, you know, the churches got wind of me. Oh, you do these nice graphics. Do this for the churches. Then, uh -huh. the, then the businesses got wind of me and stuff like that. And and But I had to learn a lot, man. Me being from where I, I was from, I wasn't professional at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
I started wearing glasses to look more professional. <laughs> it, you know, after you know when I started started being doing the business and being more professional, I was like, man, I need to do something to make myself more professional. So instead of wearing contacts, I was like, let me just get some glasses. You're you know? young, black. Yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. So I did that, and on top of that, I, I didn't know how to act in meetings. If somebody said something I didn't like, right, it just the meetings would blow up, and you know, yeah. it just I just didn't know how to act at the time because you know. I did because I had the training with the ACN, ACN and stuff, but I didn't because I never had conflict. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I never had somebody say something to me that I didn't like or mm -hmm. something like that. So I had to get over the fact that not being so, you know, hood. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, so basically, that just grew and spun into me just getting into the graphic world, doing logos, branding websites and stuff of that nature. Uh, you know, and that that was kind of my start. That was my background. Did you have any uh, any any mentors that came along in the, in that industry to kind of guide you, or was it just you kind of figuring everything out, going through the situations? Yeah, n no, plan no. doing planning something out, doing it, and then reviewing it. No, it, no mentors, no nothing, so you, no so help. You did, so you plan no. do review. You, you plan something out, you try yeah, it out, man. see what works, and what I, didn't work. And I'm saying this adamantly because that's a shame. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that people deny me. It just I didn't have it, didn't have right? It. So it's just like I'm talking about you talking about somebody that made a lot of money, did a lot of stuff, and was constantly jacking it up. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Messing it up. Like I mean, I was just, I you know, I was constantly messing up because I I didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the, my biggest push was my mom, but she also, you know, certain things was not her lane. You right, know so, right. So. Uh, you know that was the, that was the thing. You know, I just uh, I just had to really learn it on my own. Yeah. Really, do you do you do any type of mentoring yourself at this point oh, for the next year? That's all I do. That's, that's all you do. I'm, okay, that's why I'm on this show. Okay, okay. You know <laughs> I'm, Give it back. I, I'm on this show to inform. I don't. I'm not here to really promote. Right. I'm, I'm here to really just inspire people. Really. So what do you what are you seeing with this generation that they they would need to know? Um, with within that industry, based on the trends and uh, the way tech is changing, what are you what are you seeing well, right now? Any any industry, I'm not here to really uh, focus on talking about the graphic industry. I'm talking about the entrepreneur industry. Mm -hmm. uh, really, just just mainly now you got everything at your fingertips, mm -hmm. so you have to utilize what's at your fingertips, and you have to be vocal to say what you want mm -hmm. and what you're looking at. I mean, it's like, and you have to put yourself in the room. Right. Right? So when it comes to networking and doing different things, you know, yes, I had some, I was privy to some stuff with the multi-level marketing scenarios and stuff like that with some great, you know, motivational uh, speakers and coaches and stuff like that. But right now, the best, you know, people are the people around you, just mm -hmm. the people in your own city, you know, that you can learn from. I mean, and on top of that, man, it's like this business thing ain't luck mm -hmm. at all. Right. It, it it's not luck at all. It's like protocol. Yeah. It's just like I mean, literally. In it's like we used to joke that we can literally. The world is a a, a really funny place. Like what well, we we used to joke about, man. Like you can move people. It's like you can move people. It's not really that hard. It's really about a focus, mm -hmm. right? So it's like. Anything you want to do, you just decide you want to do it, mm -hmm. and literally go through the steps. Not hocus pocus, just it, focus. That's, man, that 
what you said, <laughs> right? Like, so that's all it is, man. People overcomplicate things, man. I swear, it's consistency, mm -hmm. man. And 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 I can't say it enough. If you want to do something, just commit to it right. and do it, and and go through the proper steps. You know, try. Try to you know get advice, mentorship, and learn, and do your research, do your study, and be very steadfast in the fact that you're gonna focus on it, and and you go through the steps, and it's not it's not gonna happen overnight. Is the consistency mm -hmm. is very important, and just and do a plan. Say I know I'm gonna be consistent. I'm gonna do this for you know two years before I even expect to be where I want to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in in meaning you don't it's not that you don't continue it's just the fact that you know you you may be pre revenue for for a year you know what I'm saying right. depending on what you're doing right gotcha so so you have success within with with the graphic art mm -hmm. what what was next what 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 industry what what do we what do we take over next uh well I actually it, I mean just what I what I end up doing I end up start becoming a, a music manager okay. so i was managing artists uh musically uh i end up um uh it was an artist about a that i grew, i actually grew up with this guy it was my first artist that i actually was doing some management work with um his name was his stage name was goodfella mm -hmm. and um and they people call him smiles around here he's still around here but uh so I was working on, he had a song, a song that was bopping back in the day, like, uh, yeah, it was called Yeah, and it was, he was from Victory Park and stuff like that, but, um, well, and, and basically, I ended up managing him, working with him, but it was just me, my first kind of management thing, and never forget, I got a phone call, because he was popping so much, I got a phone call, and it was from a static major. And uh, RIP static. Yeah, RIP static. And it was, and he was like, man, uh, yeah, man, smiles, man. You took him as far as you could take him, man. I'm going to just take over for you. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's cool with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't no, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Keep in mind, I was, I was super young. And at the time, I had so much respect for him. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it was just like that. And then, uh, he ended up getting him a deal with Black Round Records, which is the same label that, you know, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. and Tank was on or whatever. So he actually got a deal, you know, uh, and stuff with the, with that scenario. And then, um, you know, I just kept going in the music industry. You know, I work with other uh, artists and stuff like that. I, I kind of, um, I work with an artist by the name of BCM. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, uh, BCM. BCM. Yeah, so... BCM was I end up seeing him on a, a, a video. Uh, Were you doing his covers? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Back in the day, I, yeah. I remember those covers. I, I, I seen him on a, a video a show called Street Credit, mm -hmm. and uh, I seen him on there, and I was like, man, I like this dude. So I, I end up, you know, having my people's college people. Now nah, <laughs> I end up figuring out who he was and stuff like that. And I end up started. I actually originally started managing him mm -hmm. early in the, his early days, and then. We just had an opportunity, and we ended up pushing them behind a record label or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's when y'all kind of seen him, you know, uh, you know, pop in the city and stuff like that. And we had a lot of things. It's like business, you know, things up and down. The things didn't even really pan out the way we wanted, right? Wanted to, but the good thing is, um, you know, it gave him a nice buzz. Mm -hmm. You know, 
because yeah. he was popping, you know, through that and gave him a nice buzz and stuff like that. But, you know, shout out to him. He, mm-hmm. He's constantly doing his thing. I mean, he makes he makes music like it like it's like yeah he's pretty nice snap of a finger <laughs> yeah he's like he's that. The, he's that man when it comes to me he's underrated as hell oh yeah you know oh, right yeah. he's underrated as hell he's oh, yeah. a musical talent oh, genius yeah. dude absolutely you know what i'm saying so shout out to bcm um so yeah i just started music management and then record labels and then i started a modeling agency i was mm-hmm. doing all the young people stuff and all that i actually had one of the uh, I had a modeling agency, but I, we was actually making money, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, shout out. The, we was making money through the promotion. Shout out to, um, uh, it, they won't be so mad at me. I forget. Jamaica, you know what I'm saying? She, you know, she helped run my agency and, um, um, the other young lady, she's going to be so mad at me. But, uh, Jamaica, Jamaica, they did their thing. They really was the the brains behind my modeling agency mm-hmm. making money of mm-hmm. little models. You know what I'm saying? So we we made good good, you know, had some money made. Cause most people started modeling agency didn't make no money. Right. It's just taking some pictures. Mm-hmm. Like we actually made some money, you know, and stuff like that. So they but they were the brains behind that. You know, I can't take the credit for it. You know, and then so I you know did that and then um then I started just getting into you know, consulting business. Mm-hmm. I got into software development early on. So I started developing a lot of, uh, you know, software and learned a lot in that industry. So, you know, that today what I do is just like I'm, uh, I'm in the, I'm still in the branding mm-hmm. strategy web, you know, software business. So I do that very heavily. That's my main thing. Um, as well as I'm an entrepreneur and other businesses, you know, uh, I'm in the, I deal in the restaurant industry. I deal in the, the tech industry and stuff of that nature. So what what goes into coding, the software development, the web, web development? If someone's really not familiar with that industry, they hear those terms and they kind of get, you know, maybe overwhelmed, intimidated because they don't really know too much about it. What would you, what would you um, what would you share with them on a high level? Um, if they have kids that you know they that you know they they're hearing, hey, your kids should learn coding. They should you know they should learn these. Well, what would you I mean, share? I, I think, I guess kids should learn the fundamentals of coding mm-hmm. just because the word is so tech. But I, take it with a grain of salt. Like your kids should not be learning coding if that's not their thing, right? Right. right. Fundamentals of coding is just like fundamentals of math. Like mm-hmm. it's like a subject, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, fundamentals of coding. Throw them, uh, put them in a coding class, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Let that be. If they yeah. if they naturally say, "Man, I'm feeling this," then roll with it. The kids shouldn't learn coding, right? If, if it's, it's not that, if it's not what they yeah, want to do, it's less it's their yeah. thing. But if they have like an interest, like they're they constantly, they're if they have an interest, stuff. they tripping if they don't. Yeah, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if they have an interest, they they need to. I mean, because <clears throat> that game is everything. It's everything we do now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything we do now. So, it's it. So it's very important, and it's it's a lot to the whole tech coding. It's a lot to it. So it's a lot around it. So you right. may not like coding, but you may like something around it. Right. Like um, like you might like problem solving and dealing with uh, which coding is problem solving, but 
uh, you, you may be a server administrator or something like that. That's mm -hmm. not a coder. That's someone that knows how to set things up. Okay. You know, like setting up a server to handle the code. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, and I don't want to get too technical, but I mean, it's a whole, it's a few things around the coding industry that a coder would doesn't even typically know how to set up a server properly. Gotcha. Or whatever the case may be. I'm and me, I'm more of a CTO. I, I'm more familiar with all the aspects of how software works. Mm -hmm. So I run teams. So I have a software so development you're, so you're team. Still building teams. Yeah. So <laughs> I, so I more so can tell a a coder that can code circles around me that oh you're not doing this right right because i know the whole hierarchy the structure the the architecture but of you can everything. speak intelligently about it yeah yeah without even if he can code better right than me. even if that's not your focus yeah, yeah exactly so it, it's a it's a lot it's a lot to it in that that realm so um <clears throat> so basically yeah, just what I would tell somebody, if you got a true interest, it's like definitely go for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, so many coding is in our apps. It's in our, you know, web interfaces, our, mm -hmm. you know, corporate uh, enterprise software. It's in our games, you know, for gaming and stuff like that. So you may not be a game designer. You may be a coder of the game, you know. So it's, it's, it's you know, different factors of it, mm -hmm. you know. And... um you know, and you can, and it's the beautiful thing about code. You can really teach yourself, right? You know, you can just be, you can be fourteen right now in your house, and you can literally focus on saying, "I'm gonna be a coder," and you can pick your language that you want to start with, and you can just teach yourself and build stuff on the fly. You don't need anything. You don't need any schooling, any education. You can literally just teach yourself. Would you recommend entrepreneurs take like a basic level or a class or? course on coding just just like just to be in a position like yourself where you can at least when you have someone who who focuses on that and that's that's their gift that's what that's what they want to do so they can talk intelligently about it uh if you are in the business mm -hmm. of tech then probably so but if you're not in the business of tech it would be a waste of time really mm -hmm. because it's like you know you you're taking a coding course you you just as an entrepreneur you're a boss so it's like you you would need to take more of a higher level type, like like taking a coding class is like I probably I be honest I I you know I learned some coding early on, but I don't even like you know like me personally I'm constantly educating myself, but it's right. like the higher level of things gotcha. like the fully workings of it, not like because it it came a point to my. In my life, where I was trying to figure out, like, do I brush up on my skills? Do I the hard coding? Do I really focus on that? Right. And then it was like a, a hard no of just like no, I'm gonna focus on the higher level of like how does everything work? You know, how does it work together? Whatever. And it's like once you learn a little bit of code early, which I had that knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Um, and because coding changed when I went to school, it was no such thing as like. It was HTML and some, you know, some Java and all of that stuff, and that was really it. Mm -hmm. And then this other stuff came along more mainstream after that. So, so, and I figured out a little bit of it, but I stopped in my tracks and said, "Man, I'm not ready to keep doing this. I understand what code looks like. I understand how to visually look at it, but I'm a more focus on the higher level of it. 
which gotcha. is how everything works together. Gotcha. So right now you have a software development, um, uh, your business is deal with branding and marketing, mm -hmm. uh, getting in, getting into the restaurant industry as well. Um, what is, I guess, what it, for your businesses and like what, what's your end game? What are your goals right now? Okay, good question. And like, when, like for instance, me getting in the restaurant industry, I'm not getting in the restaurant industry typically like a normal person would, like, hey, let me open a restaurant or something because I know how to cook right. well. Well, no, I, I'm more getting in it from a brand and like systematic, you know, standpoint. Um, and, you know, like uh, my guy said Chick-fil-A earlier, you know, it's like that's more of a systematic scenario, right? right? So I'm more from that level of trying to get into the restaurant industry when it comes to building a brand and a system. Like a franchise? franchise. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, so that... Um, and then, so that's the restaurant, and I'm, in, I'm into tech, right? So mm -hmm. when I say I'm software, I build, like, high-level products, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, if if Uber, if somebody came to me and had the idea for Instagram before Instagram, I could build that for you. Mm -hmm. Or if you came to me to say you have the idea for Uber before Uber, I could build that. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit more high-level. I actually personally don't know anybody around here that built fully custom apps on the level that I do mm -hmm. other than a, some some bigger companies around here that, that they got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 100 employees, right. they do it. Gotcha. But I'm just saying I don't know nobody like cuz I'm, you know, I'm I'm still on my trajectory to, you know, so I'm I'm more small, but I don't know anybody that does it. But I I started doing software development like uh, I want to say like 16 years ago, 16, 17 years ago. So I like had a lot of falling on my face, mm -hmm. you know. So I actually, full disclosure, you know, I actually, uh, my development team's not even here. My development team's in India. Um, yeah, outsource. Uh, yeah, well, so I guess you would look at it like that, but that's not what it is. I just came from India mm. from a from a wedding, right? Mm -hmm. So because the people that work for me in India work for me only. Gotcha. I, I'm responsible for their whole living. Gotcha. They don't. And so it's like typically people hire, go on like Upwork or some kind of site. They hire someone from India to do, they may hire them to. For a job. Well, no, no. Check me, follow me here. So they may hire, hire them to, they may have a company over in India, mm -hmm. right? And they say, hey, we can do this software for you, or we got this template software you could buy. Say you want like a, a Uber or something type business. Well, we got software we could just flip it. You know, you you know, it's mm -hmm. like a already pre-built template, right? right? Or they, So they're a company, right? And they can do it for you. Mm -hmm. Or you can hire what is like a freelancer, mm -hmm. right? Right. You can hire a freelancer, and they basically are vibing for your work as well as they may work for, they may be juggling your project and other projects, right? So that's how the industry of outsourcing works overseas. Like India is just one country, right? Right. And then so, but what happened with me, all my programmers used to be here, right? So I got staff in the, here in Louisville, mm -hmm. but they're not the heavy programmers, right? Gotcha. So so all my program heavy programmer staff used to be here, but every single time I had a programmer, uh, the 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 recruit the hunters the, I call them like headhunters they they're recruit recruiting firms and so they basically I have someone working for me 
programmer and then they get offered triple the salary right and then they leave right get another one they working for me to triple salary yeah. leave you know so therefore I hate I end up being forced to to go overseas right. because I couldn't keep the staff for the because I couldn't pay as much as the big boys you know right, right. so when I started when I so my staff I actually have a office over there and everything physical mm -hmm. right like so the people they work directly for me it's not an outsourcing where you know to where what you would typically know I actually it's almost like you know Apple has or, or Google has office here and overseas right so they're not outsourcing they, they have a business over there and the same with me so I, I have that situation to where so why would I go to India? Because I have a relationship over a decade with my team mm -hmm. over there. Right. And one of my guys, my main guy, my, my head, because I got a main guy over that that manages there, right? right? So he manages team, you know, and I chime in and they talk to me. So I went over for his wedding. My team was at the airport to meet me, mm. my whole team, just Man. because they, you know, they don't get to see me right. in person. So... So I'm just saying, I just, I literally just came from India. You know, I went Derby weekend. So, so just to say that point is like, I'm not outsourcing from that standpoint. Like I have employees. Hey, gotcha. It's your, it's your team. <laughs> My team. Yeah. 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 Boss. Mid bossing up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so that's, uh, so, uh, but the programming thing is very important. I mean, it is, is, is very important to the ecosystem of, like what's going on in the world right now. So mm -hmm. if you are into, if a person's into that, man, they're in the right spot. So I am working on a, some few, uh, a couple of tech concepts and stuff like that that I'm trying to um, come out in the market. Uh, and when when we bring them out in the market, we're gonna go pretty aggressive and tr treat it like a traditional you know, tech startup and then my my other goal from there is I want to get into the VC world, mm -hmm. like uh, as a venture capitalist, and and basically help fund startups and ideas and stuff like that myself. But I want to do it more. I don't want to do it from an angel perspective. You know, I want to do it from more of a uh, VC perspective because I want to um, be able to focus on building, uh, supporting the build, the growth, and the exit. Like the exit, I don't really. I don't do the whole, oh, this is my baby. This is, I'm going to pass it down to my kids. I, I really like selling stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's like build it up and sell it. You know, it's no offense to anybody that want a legacy business. Right. But my legacy business is the investment business, right? So the having, you know, investments, you know, so that's the legacy. Mm -hmm. you know? Your portfolio. Yeah. Gotcha. And, and I'm saying investments, for not just my, you know, like stocks and stuff like that, but investment of a portfolio when it comes to, you know, uh, building and selling business. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Gotcha. One of the asset classes. Okay. So what would you say if you had to go back and change some things within your entrepreneurial journey, what would you have done differently? Um, <laughs> a gazillion things. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the I, biggest thing, you know? Oh man. You know, when you, when you, okay. I, going back what i would have done differently is not be in such a rush mm -hmm. not be in such a rush 
to to get to your because I was in a rush to get to the to, to the M's, mm-hmm. you know. And by me being in a rush to get to the millions, never get to the millions, right? You know. So, and I say that to go back to what I was saying is the consistency, you know. Um, but sometimes when you're in a rush and you're really trying to make something happen, you make hasty decisions. You know, you make decisions that are more. And as an entrepreneur, you you got to make risk. You got to do, uh, you know, uh, have take risk and stuff like that. Uh, but I I've done things to to try to accelerate my getting to my go. But those things, you know, uh, you know, um, hindered me right to to get to those go. So I those so the big mistake is just being in such a big rush and not organically letting the process do its thing, mm-hmm. you know? And if I could, could try to get in more detail about that, because this is kind of a really important part, especially for me, it's <clears> been <throat> like the, it's been the, and I've been like, you know, very successful throughout my career. Uh, I end up, you know, get getting married and having kids. So it, it, it kind of slowed me down a little bit as far as my focus and motivation of mm-hmm. like the grind. So I was blessed enough to build such a foundation that the money just kept rolling in, even though, so I really haven't worked hard for years. Mm-hmm. I mean, meaning like when I say worked hard, meaning I really haven't did what I was supposed to do for years to really push myself to the next level. Right. Right. I just now started within the last couple years refocusing myself. So a lot of so people giving it some more gas. Yeah. Now. So a lot of people that know me from this city thought I left town because you know I just really just started having kids and family, right? So as a young and and some good advice to young entrepreneurs where you don't have kids or you don't have the responsibilities, man, that's the time to like build your foundation and get it grinding. Right. So that's another thing. I didn't have my foundation built like I wanted to before that time. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, you know, but it's, it's, it's mainly just me trying to go too fast to, to get to my goal and, you know, taking deals, you know, just because somebody, like, I mean, true story, I, you know, I got offered $150,000 for something mm-hmm. and I shouldn't have never took it. Yeah. Right. But I needed, like, I actually needed about a quarter million. But they offered me one hundred fifty thousand, and it would, but it would actually hurt me. It like it was even black and white at the time that I knew it would hurt my 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 money right. by taking this one fifty because I was selling something. Right. I was selling a small portion of a, of a business. Mm-hmm. And but that business had income, right? right. So I was selling them. It was small, but it still had income. But I kind of still needed that income, right. you know. In that hundred and fifty, and if anybody knows, when you get big lump sums of cash, I mean, it finds a reason to, to go, go out the right, door, right? You know, so you know that that slowed me down. Any deals like I've done a couple deals like that to where it's just like, you know. I like selling things, but it's like at the right time, right? Right? You know, sometimes it's too early to sell stuff. You know, it's got way more value. But like when I sold for 150, it was probably worth like at the time it was probably worth about 300. 
but at the, it was no buyers for mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, so it's like if there's no buyers, you're like, why not take this hundred fifty? Because I can flip it. Right. I can do this. But what I was trying to flip it with didn't really didn't make sense yeah. because delays happened. Things didn't go, you know, the plan stuff like that. So it, it's just like man, constantly used to make the mistake of just um, trying to go too fast and and just doing doing deals. To try to, cause you know, I always grew up broke, man. Trying yeah. to get to them M's, so yeah. it's like yeah, so you're trying to move yeah, the process, man. trying to move it along. But now I don't, I don't rush for nobody. What are your thoughts on um, Web three and fintech right now? I mean, I'm trying to get in the fintech game, uh-huh. man. I got a couple concepts, uh-huh. man. Uh, fintech is great, man. I think it's even if you think of fintech in um, in the black community, mm-hmm. that's even. That's a beautiful thing. Anybody that that jumps into some fintech and then you cater on in the black community first, and I guess for anybody listening, fintech is financial tech. So it's just like uh, anything like banking and stuff of that nature. But if you jumped into that industry and, and you catered towards the African American population, like like f- for instance. I mean, black people run Cash App, man. Mm-hmm. Cash App wouldn't right. be as big as it would, would <laughs> right. without black people. Right. Man, black people got Cash App popping. Right. You know, so so it's just like it's, black people is with the tech. Mm-hmm. We with all the tech. We want all the tech. Yeah. You know, so it's just like anybody that comes out and with something fintech and they cater to, you know, African-American community, I mean, you're going you gonna to bubble. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I want to. Right. I mean, I, but I can only do... One thing at a time. I it costs you. a lot of money to to do this type of stuff, you know. And I, I'm working on a, a very expensive technology right now that I'm in stealth mode with. So, um, are you doing any anything, or what are your thoughts for for the folks listening um, when it comes to credit, real estate, crypto? So, uh, a little funny thing about crypto, I've I've uh, I use I used to use crypto my crypto profits to to pay for Christmas for for my kids wow. every year. You know, wow. I used to do that. So I, I So using your assets to pay for a yeah, liability. Yeah, yeah. But this is you know, this is before I wasn't this is so early in crypto wasn't no I used to try to tell everybody, man, get you some Bitcoin. This is and I look this was this was not that early, but early to where nobody was trying to listen. Mm-hmm. But it was like in two thousand seventeen I think I bought my first piece of crypto in 2015. Okay. But I didn't know nothing about what it was. Right. It just was something that, and then 2017 is when I really dove into it. And I'm like, everybody need to, you know, buy whatever. And I think when I dove into it heavy, it was like under, Bitcoin was like 29, mm-hmm. 2900 or something like that. And, um, if you say some mistakes I made, crypto would have been some mistakes. I could have been really rich versus just making. I probably, I probably, I'm not even gonna lie. I probably have profited because I haven't. To be honest, I haven't invested a whole lot in crypto, but I probably profited probably like forty thousand, mm-hmm. like profit, like in crypto. Yeah, you know. So, um, but the the biggest profit was recently. Where it was about fifteen thousand. Mm-hmm. That one time that I profited, you know, I think I put like, you know, ten or something, and I I ended up with twenty five. Just Bitcoin or? Nah, it was it was big. 
Corn was one of them. Okay. It was just at, the whole market went yeah, up yeah, everything COVID went up. time. Right. The uh -huh. whole market did its thing. So I yeah. part, but I used to tell people, and they used to, I stopped telling people because they would get mad when it go down. Right. right. And I'm like, dude, don't trip over that. Yeah. It does this, it's like, it's, it does its thing. Yeah. You know, people get mad. So I thought I didn't want to be responsible yeah. for everybody's funniness mm -hmm. that don't understand investment, you know? So, but, um, you know, crypto. So I'm sorry. You said crypto. You said uh, uh, credit, real cre estate. Okay, so uh, credit, real estate. So credit, unfortunately, that is, if you ain't got credit, man, you gonna make your life way hard in business, man. Yeah. And that that was also my issue early on. I mean, uh, yeah. I never got taught credit. Yeah. And I was gonna speak on that, but I never got really taught credit. So one of my biggest issues is, you know, it's the difference between you becoming a millionaire or not because everything I did was based off of cash. Mm -hmm. Everything. You know, everything. You know, like, if you see me in a nice car, I dropped cash. Right. You know, it wasn't even like, you know, when you could literally put zero down and get a way nicer car right. and be paying $400 a month with, <laughs> with, with uh, you know, a 780 or something, mm -hmm. you know? So... It's just like on a lease, you know? Yeah. And people, like, we think people with these nice cars is, is balling. It's it's not the case. It's mm -hmm. just they balling in credit, right. <laughs> you know? So so it's just like credit in business is, is everything, man. People should treat their credit, and they should fight people over credit. Like yeah. if somebody... If somebody be like, man, don't pay that bill, nah, still on them. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> credit, is, credit is that important, man. It's just like you gotta have good credit, man. Credit is just everything. Unfortunately, it's everything. Well, you when feel I say it's everything. It's you everything. said everything. It's credit is everything. That sounds crazy as hell for me to say, but dude, without credit, I'm saying in this game of making money, if you ain't got credit, man losing man and listen your credit may go bad but get it back up hey, work out work it, on it come back we all go through it because especially as entrepreneurs we may bet it all and, and our credit's gonna take a hit right that's cool right that's cool your credit gonna take a hit you know what I'm saying just because it's ups and downs as an entrepreneur yeah yeah straight up so just get it back just get it back because I've, I've been through the same thing you know so i started off with bad credit i didn't get good credit for like i mean i mean years yeah I mean, years. I had. I think I had a. I initially. I think I had a filed bankruptcy before I could even ever start getting good credit again. Mm. I, and I always thought if you file bankruptcy, it's a right. Nah, mm. it ain't the case, nah. man. That was that was one of the gangsterest <laughs> thing they put in law. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. What I'm it's just so, pieces of paper. Yeah, yeah. So it was. It was. That was a smart move on my There's part. Several billionaires that filed bankruptcy. Yeah, my friend as a lawyer was like, she was working on stuff for me. She's like, you should file bankruptcy. And it was like the smartest thing she ever told me to do. Yeah. You know, I'm putting my business out there because I want people to understand it ain't peachy. Right. You know what I'm saying? It ain't peachy. I, you know, so it was just like, that's that's the whole thing. But that's a move. Everybody, the rich people be filing bankruptcy constantly. Not you can only do it every, every seven years or whatever. But, you know, on purpose. You know what I'm saying? It was just a, I didn't, I could have, I didn't have to file bankruptcy. It just made more sense. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I could have kept going and do, doing and just pay stuff. It was whatever. just strategic. It was a strategic yeah. move. Yeah. And it made total sense, you know? So. What about real estate? 
So, I mean, real estate, I mean, as you can see, if you would have already had some real estate before this 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 <laughs> this bubble of housing and stuff, you could have you could have flipped and you, I would have sold a couple pieces mm -hmm. of property. Right. You could have flipped. I mean, real estate, but real estate is the oldest trick in the book for getting wealthy. Mm -hmm. You know, so owning owning assets and land, I mean, that's just right now, I'm going to tell you what's happening right now. It's these hedge funds that's going around buying up everything. Mm -hmm. They want to own all the real estate. Right. So if you got an opportunity to own real estate, in especially in houses right now, these hedge funds are buying up everything mm -hmm. to where you, it's not going to be a lot to own like it used to be. So And they're buying it for a reason because yeah. that's wealth. You know, That's why, you know, I mean, that's how the other persuasion, you know what I'm saying, has got so wealthy, you know, over the years, the wealth gap, you know, mm -hmm. it's the it's the real estate. So, yeah. I mean, the only thing I can say about real estate is like, I mean, it, it ain't changed. <laughs> so it's the path. So just to wrap it up, well, if, if someone's watching and maybe they're starting an entrepreneurial journey, maybe they already have, and they kind of struggled, had some ups and downs, not where they, not quite where they want to be, but they see the success that you've had with multiple companies, multiple industries. Maybe they have a lot of different gifts and talents in different fields, and they're wondering how to bring it all together. What would you leave them with today? Focus on one thing. Okay. Focus on one thing at a time. Uh, just if you got a lot of, if you're anything like me, don't do it. <laughs> focus <laughs> on, focus on. Don't don't let your brain and your creativity and your high level get you all over the place. Right. You know, focus on one business at a time and focusing on that one business at a time, you have the opportunity to basically, you know, get somewhere. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, you got people, you see people with multiple businesses, it's not an issue when you have a team. I actually have a team of people that I can say, hey, can you handle this for me? Hey, can you handle this for me? And so it makes it a little easier to have multiple businesses. So you're saying... So, because, you know, we hear, hey, multiple streams of income, have a backup plan in case your job, you know, fires, you know, but you're saying have a team in place to help you with that and put your focus on one thing. Is that, is that what well, you're saying? Well, no, I'm just saying if you're trying to get into this game or you're an entrepreneur this early, mm -hmm. you don't have anything. Right. So what you need, when they say have multiple streams of income, yes, but you got to start with one, right? right? right. You can't. To get Lay that first out seven solid. of them and say, yeah. okay, let's do the seven. You start with one, make money. Get that like, solid. Literally get it solid, yep. making money. And it, it like and another thing, if you're working a job right now, man, work that job and, and build your business on the side. Use your job to finance your business. Yes, and supplement. And, and don't, it's okay to say I'm going to leave my job to go all in. That's okay, right? Mm -hmm. But you got to make sure it's the right time. And you got to make sure you got a nest egg, the serious business. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Not just yeah. do it, man, because you're going to fall on your face. Right. 100%. You're going to fall on your face if you if you do it too early. And you and you want to make sure you fully, you're, you're going to talk to your mentors, your advisors, your everything, and you got your business rocking and rolling. You know the foundation is good, and you know the numbers. There's no no guessing, and you're gonna go in, quit your job, and go for it. You, you got it in place, you know. So that's the key. Absolutely. Well, Alan, we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. But I appreciate you no for problem. taking some time to share 
with folks, um, your uh, decades of experience in uh, you know entrepreneurial mm-hmm. journey to help people cut their the, uh, cut the learning curve yeah. that they have. Um, if folks wanted to reach out to you to um, you know to to, to connect or uh, maybe take advantage of your services mm-hmm. or your uh, product, your offerings. Um, how would you recommend to uh, recommend them to do that? Uh, well, if you want to reach out to me, I'm like I'm not a big promoter right now, uh, but you can email me okay. at Allen A L L E N at Sprout dot agency. Okay, and we'll probably have have a link. Yeah, uh, and have that set up. No uh, problem. When they view it. So one more time. Uh, Allen at Sprout dot agency. So no dot com dot agency. Okay. Yeah. All Just right. Email me there. Good stuff. Brother, appreciate you. Appreciate you. Congrats on all your success. No problem. Thank you.